Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 176. <laughs> Don't know what that yeah, was. No, 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 no. Let's just blame October. Yes, let's do that. The spirits are getting ever closer. <laughs> they're taking over, apparently. And they're in this class. <laughs> How are you, Nick? I'm good. Holiday time. Yes, you're off all week. Refreshed. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh it was so promising. And then it you was so promising. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Holiday. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's over soon. Um. Don't say that. Don't, it's, don't say that. Don't wish the whole day away. <laughs> be glad that it happened. Well, yes. <laughs> don't be sad that it's over. Be glad that it happened. <laughs> and maybe the holiday carried you. <laughs> but I've been a delightful time. Yes. We've had some adventures. We have. We went to Cornwall. We went, yeah. With that west. Emma. With yeah. that there, Emma. With that there, Emma. Went to the West Country. Aye. And it was lovely. It was really beautiful. Delightful. Oh, you know what? The air is fresher down there. <laughs> <laughs> Less factories. Yeah. A smog. <laughs> we are surrounded, surrounded by, by it. The the tin mills. Absolutely. The yeah. devil's mills belching yeah. out smog and smoke. Match factories where all our children go to die. Yeah. But down in the West Country is lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely. It's delightful. We had lots of adventures. We also did a lot of sitting. Yeah, less adventures, more sitting. I would have gone for. <laughs> no, I was just on the cast. But I was like, come on, we need to move at some point. <laughs> I just went off in the woods so I was one like, day. I need to go and see a tree. <laughs> Bye. Yes, the tree and I had business to conduct. <laughs> I need to sit on this comfy sofa. We did do a lot of sitting. There was a good wood burning stove. I need to eat some cheese. Oh, we ate a lot of cheese. It literally was like Christmas. We did it treat it like Christmas. It was Christmas. very much like Christmas. All we did was graze constantly on cheese and charcuterie. Even that sort of uh, beginning bit, going to the supermarket, was quite Christmassy. Because <laughs> yeah. I have a rule of Christmas. Like, if you want it, fucking put it in the trolley. Yeah. And it was exactly like that. Oh, I don't care. Oh, I'll do some of that. Yeah. And some of that. 
Lot of, look, the pate. Pate yeah. got into the truck. We never have pate. Indeed. like pate, but it was like, oh, yeah, let's have some pate. Have some of that. And I got some honey butter almonds. I know. We had two types of cheesy biscuits. <laughs> two, I tell two. you. It was right fancy, it was. <laughs> it was lovely. And we did, I trust, trust us, trust us, darlings. We did get content while we were down there. Yes. So we had uh, many adventures out on the moors, went out onto Bodmin Moor. And we told some scary stories. I went out on an adventure on the in the forest, and there there may be some stories that emerge from that. Mm. Nick wasn't there; he doesn't know. I wasn't. I'm not what's going on. Yes, 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 yes. She went in the forest, recorded something, and came back with a haunted look. So. <laughs> well, speaking of taking some time out to go west and coming away from the forest with a haunted look on your face, yes. I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, we probably should. First of all, we have Moll. She's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, wow, in a, probably in a forest. I need to prepare myself to say this name. Disarray Concord. That's very good. She's seen, she knows the shit that Moll has seen. <laughs> uh, Morgie's mom of three. Nice. I think. Rosanna Lee. Oh my God, why are these all villains? K.S. Claw. <gasps> oh, that, isn't that, oh, who's Inspector Gadget? Isn't it the Claw? The Claw. The claw. <laughs> the Inspector claw. Gadget. What's this? Oh, we'll come back to this, clearly. Yeah. Sorry, because we can't leave Cat Mulcairin waiting. Absolutely mm. not. Marvellous. delicious band of supervillains. Supervillains. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. We had fun on Patreon this week because the Patreons were de- were treated to a very special Deadly Nightcaps. When I say very special. I hope they found it special <laughs> because it was sort of live. It was our live adventures in Cornwall. It was. As is our one. We Could you do. hear anything over the wind? It, we, we did. It was fine. <laughs> I was editing. We were worried about the wind a lot. It turns out it was absolutely fine. It was fine. windy. It was very windy. Well, apparently those little fluffy muffly things work then. Yeah, they were great. Sorry, that's on the microphones, not Nick. I am a stuff. fluffy muffly thing. <laughs> a fluffy muffly thing. <laughs> Find me online. <laughs> www.fluffymufflything.com. He'll tell you tales. <laughs> Very reasonable rights. <laughs> but armed with those, we did go out into the wilderness. I told the story of some local murders, some weird stuff, some Arthurian legend as well, mm. uh, which patrons have already jumped in on, actually. Going, I got that wrong. <laughs> it's fine. To fill in the gaps, because it was a bit we went, what happened? And then, <laughs> But it was great, and it was beautiful to be out in nature telling stories, which we really, really enjoyed. Yes, and, it was. Uh, Emma jumped in as well. Absolutely. Yes. I love driving to nature. You like driving to this nature. This is the best part of nature. I want to go see some nature, but it's over there. It's a yeah. long way away, nature. You would, it, you'd never think to walk there, would you? Oh, God, no. Because I'd, I'd hike there. I'd be out there. Hours walk, two hours, absolutely fine. Yeah, none of that. No, you'd no. just be, no. Five minutes, you're go, lying go, on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drive to the lovely thing. Go, oh, look, a lovely thing. Observe the lovely thing. Comment on the lovely thing. Admire and appreciate the lovely thing. Get back into a warm car. Drive to a pub. I am more of the walk to the lovely thing that is near the lovely warm pub and then I've earned my seven points <laughs> and that taxi ride home. See, we have the back. same goal but different approaches. Exactly, this yeah. <laughs> and they're both good. They both work. They both work. So. Well, if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, please consider joining us on Patreon if you haven't already. It is from but $5 a month. It helps to support this show. And for that, you get an extra episode every single week, as well as lots of bonus content and video content. And there's cocktail classes and there's chat and there's book club talk. This month, we're talking about Dracula. Oh, my God. It's going to be lovely. Must read it. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash the poisoners cabinet. Well, Nick, are you ready? Yeah, probably. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. Mm. Or... We could drink poison and talk about cocktails. What's what's going on there? Mm-hmm. What's, what's going on there? You have to find out. <laughs>
<laughs> can I? Can I not? <laughs> Cuffy fuzzy muzzy Cuffy. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's have a cocktail. Let's do that. I keep taking the voice. No, no it's don't. Gone. It's gone. It's gone. I've lost it. I've lost it. Should we go with the first one? Yay! Yay! Hooray! 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 It is Nick's story this week, but we can't. We can't. We can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so his pick. And this week's secret ingredient is... A prison. A prison. Or a jail. Or a jail. However you prefer to term it. However you prefer to spell it. There's many spellings of jail, isn't there? But a prison, oh, that's that's brilliant. And I'm surprised we hadn't had it before. No, I know, because a lot of our tales end up... Uh, They do. Good for spooky season, I think, Well, a haunted venue, potentially. (gasps) We love a haunted venue. Yeah, indeed. Uh, oh, we love a haunted generally venue. Generally unpleasant things happen there. They do, they do. Haunted venues generally is a thing we talk about on Patreon, but oh, if it bleeds into the main episode. <laughs> okay, well, with a prison mm. as your inspiration, your ingredient, what have you come up with? Well, well. we are having <laughs> this week. Okay. We are going to have. What You're waving your head around. This week. <laughs> Are you stalling for time, or are you building up to a great big finale? <laughs> we're going to have, right. this week. <laughs> this week? This week, Yeah, we're going to have. Uh, but when are we having this thing? We're going to have it probably this week. Okay. Anne. 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 We're having an Alcatraz. 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 Yes. Alcatraz. 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 Oh, family. Never see a family again. No. Is there an Alcatraz? Alcatraz. Right. If you're not an Eddie Izzard fan, this is meaningless. But also, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Famous, famous prison in it San is quite Francisco. Famous. Yes. Yes. In- inescapable. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is, apart from the people who escaped. The people, people who escaped in there. Are we going to Alcatraz this no. week? We're not. No. But we're honouring it. We, we Indeed, yes. Honouring uh... it and Sean Connery. Who was the only person who has escaped from Alcatraz? <laughs> In the rock. <laughs> I've been to Alcatraz. Have you been to Alcatraz? I can't say I have, no. I'm going to stop saying Alcatraz, actually. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. No, I went there on my honeymoon. What not fun. just that. No, it wasn't just that. <laughs> How happily romantic. <laughs> was not my husband doing a series of bad, bad jokes of like, lock the wife up, shall I? No. No, we just we went to San Francisco. It was quite nice. We went there. It was very good. And I went Alcatraz. Constantly. For hours Constantly. and hours and hours. And then and everyone went, shut up. <laughs> and then took Ben outside and it took me a good 10 minutes of coaxing him and said, just say it, just say it. And he went, gentlemen, welcome to the rock. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was the best part that of my honeymoon. Best part. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else we did. I don't know. Yeah. What, what else? No, I actually preferred Yosemite. Yosemite was lovely. This isn't relevant to anything. No, really not, <laughs> But that was a forest and I love a forest. There we are. Great. <laughs> all links. The whole world is circular. It's all come back. <laughs> right. I think it is high time for us to break into the poisonous counter <laughs> kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, we did our time, didn't we? Nick? Oh, we did. Dreadful, dreadful times. I've seen horrible things. Terrible things. But we're outside now, haven't we? And we could use a beverage. And we have the Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Oh, such horrible memories. <laughs> mm. Now, this is a distinctly brown drink. Yeah. Strangely brown. Strangely brown. <laughs> no, it's very brown. It's very brown. It's got a big cube of ice in it. 
I don't think we've ever... Have we ever had anything this brown? This brown? <laughs> I'm sorry I keep saying brown, but the brown drinks normally serve us well. This one I'm slightly nervous about. Oh, are you? Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm like... <laughs> oh, okay then. Well, I guess we have no choice. Well, indeed. But to dive in, take our punishment. Let's give it a go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Ooh. Actually. Um, interest. Interesting. Interesting. I don't. Ooh. Mm. That's a. <laughs> ooh. I don't know if I like that. Mm. But I can respect it. <laughs> Instantly. Instantly. Instant respect. Instant respect. Is there coffee in this? No. Are you lying? No. No. How? <laughs> it tastes of coffee. I demand. <laughs> hey, I'll take another sip. I quite like that. I don't mind. That surprised I, me. It's got a medicinal quality to it. Mm. <laughs> Give me a guess. Give me a couple of guesses. It's got smokiness to it. It has. There's Cal. Yes. <gasps> I knew that though, didn't I? You did. <laughs> you did check if there was Because I texted you and said, have we got mezcal? Yes. Okay. So every now and then, because my because the bottles are all stored here. But I don't know anything else. But there's something else in there that I think is mezcal-ish in its... Really? Well, mm, all the mezcal might be masking it, so you're not going to pick it up. So it's, it's mezcal-esque, but the mezcal may be masking it, so I have still no idea. Yeah. Good. Good. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. Right, so I'm fucked, basically. Not <laughs> right. Come on. Um, it is quite medicinal. So some sort of Amaro, maybe? or like no. it, Not an Amaro. Not in this case. Is there a scotch? There is you, not. I really don't know. I don't know what the... the what are the frickin' herby twiggy-ness? Give me, a, not, give me a herby twiggy bitter thing. Uh, oh, a bit of bit dictine. No. No. Strager, but not really? No. Oh, Too God. And you're going to kick yourself. No, I'm not. It's not chartreuse, is it? No. <gasps> All the hobby twiggy things I know I know what they are. Bitter, 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 bitter. Bitter, bitter. The, 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 the gentian. Is it? Is it the gentian? Yeah, yes, it is. What is that? The Zoos. Fucking Zoos. <laughs> Every time, you bastard. Oh, but that doesn't explain the brown. It doesn't explain the brown. No, no we got true. two white spirits in there, mezcal yeah. and Suze. Mezcal and Suze. So yeah. that's given the bitterness, but then there's something else. Cho- chocolatey? Cho- chocolate. There is some chocolate bitters. Oh, oh is it chocolate bitters? Nice. But, nice. Then but what's the other brown? I'm sorry, there's, I'm getting so excited. There is still more brown. Oh, fuck. Right. There's two more things that you haven't identified. Well, I don't think there's like a cognac or a brandy. Nope. Like a, This is great. This is brilliant content. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant podcasting. Oh, I'm going to take another sip here. What's brown? Why don't I remember anything that's brown? Why is this happening? I don't know. I don't okay. know. Give me a hint. I can't. Don't, no, don't just say brown. It's brown. <laughs> it, it cannot be brown as well. There, it there, are, be there brown. are many varieties. A cacao? No. White cac- brown? No. Brown. <laughs> rice? What? So yeah, I don't know. Just rice, just right. distilled down. Cannot be brown. You can, yeah, you can have non-brown versions or more ambery. Am- or amber, amber, sort of more of an ambery color rum, or brown. Rum, no. rum. No. no, fuck off. What? Okay, I don't know. Okay, sherry. Fucking bollocksing shit. That's a dramatic reaction. I, I know. It's a sherry. Really though, is it? Yes, that's sherry. Sherry. There. There's sherry in there, whereas the deep brown comes from the sherry. Does it? It does. 
Or the sherry's really gone off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think sherry's meant to be this colour, Nick. Um, and also tequila. Just oh, it's an extra stand, tequila. Standard old tequila. Why not? Because mezcal is only there's only half an ounce of mezcal in that. Yeah, because it's not overly smoky. So it's very small. But the body of the main thing is tequila. Right. Ooh. So tequila is mezcal, and, and then, then sherry. Tequila, mezcal, bit of sherry. I guess that's the kind of a colour of a sherry, but it's sort um, of cola coloured. Yeah, it's a very it's a dark sherry. So, so that is a bizarre yeah, combination. It is an interesting though. combination. On paper, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Mezcal, I, so I, I thought, mm, is this really going to work? But mezcal, actually, tequila, and sherry, and then some chocolate in there. The chocolate's great. I'm not become. I'm not a huge fan of the Suze. I figured it out that I don't overly like it. Oh yes, the Suze um, is in there. That bit. but that's in there, and you can definitely taste that in the background. But it is it gives the bitterness. It gives a little bit of a hint of a bitterness, but it's not overpowering like it can be. Uh, the Suze I like in a white Negroni. I think we made in white Negroni mm. once, and I did like it. Since then, the Suze has disappointed us and let us down many times. Mm. I don't mind that. I can respect it for what it is <laughs> because the bizarre combination of ingredients has created something quite smooth and mm. subtle. That was interesting. I'll tolerate it. I'll I'm, allow I'm glad. It. I'm glad. I'll allow it. Glad you'll approve. I mean, I think it'll get you there. <laughs> the day is tequila. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have pretty much drunk. I've drunk quite a lot of it. I don't think that was wise, Nick. <laughs> oh, but look, words. It, your episode. Anyway. Well, indeed. Okay, Let's well, see how it goes. It's uh, it's beguiling, like Alcatraz itself. Is beguiling the word? I always use the word beguiling. I don't know. I, I think it's deadly. Dead. Confusing. It's not de- it's strange. Strange. Bewitching. Bewildering. Bewildering. Well, but Alcatraz is like, you can't get out. Is that bewildering? Yeah. Can't work it out. Okay. It's a very complex system, actually. Lockable. Isn't it? It's actually very complex. All this. If you'd been, then you'd have learned this, Nick. But you haven't gone because you. No. Some, for some reason, you hate Alcatraz. <laughs> for some reason, I just hate San Francisco. Exactly. Okay. Well, with the Alcatraz firmly mm. in hand. Yeah. Is it time for a story? It is. Yay. It is. We're not going to Alcatraz. No, I think no, 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 no let's no, not. Which, you know, which, there's sharks around Alcatraz. There are, and also I slightly regret it because I'm sure at some point in the future we'll do a story on on Alcatraz, and we'll go. <laughs> and this ah, would have been done the cocktail. Um, but then that would give away what the story is. Well, this is true, and I always respect a cocktail that doesn't quite give it away. So we're nowhere near Alcatraz, right? We're okay. not even on the same continent as Alcatraz. <laughs> just say the same planet. Like... We are on the same planet as Alcatraz. <laughs> right. Space crime. <laughs> so, as people know. We have just come back from our hot Cornwall holidays. Yay. And on one of our outings, we visited Bodmin Jail. <laughs> so Bodmin was once the sort of county town of Cornwall, mm-hmm. where we were. So it has the, the dubious honour of hosting the sort of county prison. And it had been there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes. Um, so there's a Victorian jail that stands there now, which was built in a Georgian jail originally, which was built in 1779. A very, very, very old yeah. Now, the prison itself is no longer a prison. No. Closed in 1927 and was left to fall into disrepair. Apparently, in the 30s, it was a nightclub. Wow. And they hosted mock executions. Sorry, please make this episode all about that. <laughs> we're just like, okay. Okay, let's do... I don't... I mean, we're saying okay. And then the more I think about it, that's very dark. It's weird, yeah. So I was like, that didn't last. Apparently. No, I can imagine it wouldn't. <laughs> and then it was left to fall to pieces. Yeah. Um, until in 2015, a Russian company bought it, who converted it over many, many years, spending billions of pounds. Millions, dear. Millions, millions of pounds. Millions, millions of, pounds. of pounds. And it's now a very, very fancy hotel. It's stunning. 
and it's really cool because mm. <laughs> they let us look in one of the rooms. It's like, that's really smart. Yeah, we decided um, to go there and yeah. the, the transformation of the jail is astonishing. Oh, it's, really, it's really smart. It's as an really, attraction really smart now. and um, as the hotel. Yeah. yeah, we went into one of the rooms. Absolutely stunning. To, one yeah. of the places you walk away from and go, guys, just go. Just go. Just go. It's a billion pounds a minute, but it just go. Expensive hotel. Um, oh, is it? It's quite, it's quite pricey. Oh, I didn't ask the price of the hotel. Yeah. The attraction is, is a bargain. Like the, the, I think the rooms of the hotel are like 300 a night sort of thing. Really? So it's quite pricey for a hotel. Aww. But okay. alongside the hotel, they have got a fantastic museum they've opened and a whole attraction around Bodmin Jail and its history and sort of the history of crime and punishment across the sort of Victorian and Georgian eras. Love it. If you're in the West Country, it's well worth a visit. Mm. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. And um, they've got this brilliant sort of like virtual... They call it the Dark Walk, I think it was called. Yeah, they um, developed it for Halloween. And I will point um, out, we're not sponsored by no, no, Bodmin Jail, it was just, by the way. It was 25 quid for a ticket, and it was fantastic. It was we went so there, we paid, it. and we loved it. I'm so glad you're doing yeah. an episode on it. I had no idea you were doing this. But the, yeah, the, so for Halloween, they do a huge amount of things. They yeah. do ghost tours. They do after dark experiences. They do um, family trails that we saw. But we saw that they did this, the darker walk, which they say... Right. This is the history of the jail, but yeah. this is going to talk about dark stuff. Absolutely. So, Scary stuff going on. I and think the VR about, experience. Uh, the, yeah, the whole VR thing at the beginning. Fantastic. Stunning. So impressive. Um, and then a really knowledgeable sort of tour guide. So in memory of the lovely holiday we've just had. Yay. And for this week's episode, we are going to take a look at some of the people who ended up in Bodmin Jail. <laughs> and the crimes that they committed. Hooray. So first in our story. We are going to start with a rather sad, 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 sad case of Selina Wedge. Selina was born in 1858, and we know absolutely nothing of her childhood, except that it was in absolute poverty. She was utterly, utterly destitute. That's very sad, but say the thing. What thing? Not much is No, 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 no. <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. The people dance. pay you to do. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> Not much is known about a childhood. Yay! He said it. He said it. Anyway, terribly sad. Terribly, terribly sad. sad. Terribly sad. What we do know is that by the time she's 28, when, when she next appears in, sort of in the records, yes. she is an unmarried mother of two illegitimate children john who is age six and henry who is age about two years old she's unable to find work due to having a young family so she finds herself in and out of the workhouse and this is about as far down on the sort of victorian social scale as you could possibly possibly get you are the lowest of the low really in the summer of 1878 selena starts to see a bit of light in the distance she has started a relationship with a a former soldier a chap named james westwood things seem to be going well with james and there is a way out of this miserable situation that she is in if he's gonna come along to a woman i mean 28 i'm sorry at the time at the time absolutely i'm assuming he he knows about the kids one would assume he knows about the kids oh okay when he knows when he knows about the kids they have agreed to to meet in the town of launceston on saturday the 22nd of june in 1877 on the friday the day before selena and her two children leave the workhouse and they hitch a ride with a local farmer a chap called john holman to make these the eight mile journey to the town of launceston Mm. in advance of this meeting with with westwood we don't know what happens during 
this meeting, this rendezvous. We don't know what happens. But on Saturday, Selena is seen around town and come sort of mid-late afternoon, she's seen making her way back to the workhouse as to where she is meant to be. But this time she only has one child with her. She only has the older boy, John, with her. Henry is no nowhere to be seen. Okay. Now, when she gets back to the workhouse, um, the, the master there, Mr. Downing, quizzes Selena about what has happened to Henry. Why, you left with two children, you returned with one child. What's going on there? And she, she tells him that well, Henry died in Launceston. What? There was, there was some terrible accident in Launceston. The infant died. Uh, terrible accident. His, okay. his his little body was was left there. Okay, um, this is disturbing. Yeah, I told you it was a sad story. I told you yeah. it was a sad story, so I apologise for that. But murder is not always jolly. And so the the master there goes, okay, he'll contact his. He knows people in Launceston. See if he can get some information about what's what's happened to the young young lad. However, that evening, John, who is the older brother, the six year old, mm. tells the workhouse nurses. Mm. That Selena has put Harry in a pit. <gasps> put Harry in a pit, he says. Now, obviously, this sets alarm bells ringing, oh. and the nurses tell the master of the workhouse, "This is what young John has just said. He said the baby's, the baby's in a pit." Selena is instantly pit. summoned for for questioning about what what on earth this revelation means. What what is John talking about? And she tells them that her boyfriend, that her boyfriend James Weston, yeah. had taken Harry from her forcibly. And drowned him in a well. <laughs> and that he had threatened to kill her, her and the other boy, John, if anything was said. If she kicked up the smallest fuss, if she told anyone, he would come after her and her son. Jesus. So she had apparently not accepted it, but had, had, gone, no, had, had no choice but to go along with what what she had been told. Now, obviously, the master, yeah. Mr. Downing, quickly informs the police about what he is, what is he has uncovered, and a search is launched for the young Henry. Within a few hours, really, his his body is found in three foot of water at the bottom oh, of a well. Now, the, his body is is retrieved and actually placed in front of Selena. She's actually oh, confronted with the body of her young boy. And at the sight of this, she confesses. She alone was the one who had thrown her baby down down a well. She had thrown the day baby down the well. But, she says, James Westwood, her boyfriend, had insisted. He had demanded that Henry was no longer around. He was willing to take on one child. But not two. But I, he, he would not do two. If you get rid of the baby, I will marry you. I will marry you. I will take on your six-year-old. I'll give him my name, support him, all oh. this. But the price of this is... I can't do. We can't, I can't feed oh. another mouth. Oh, it's like Sophie's choice. It is a terrible, so, oh. it is, it is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. But, Utterly devastating choice. So, um, at but at first she said it's him who's done it. At first she says it's, it's entirely an accident. Kill- it's an accident. Something happened. Mm. My my infant son died. Mm. Then Potato, she says, yeah. no, but then, no, I did it. He, I, I, he has killed. Ugh. He took the child. He killed the child. The well. Then, eventually, I did it. 
It was actually on his insistence, on his, insistence, <sighs> on his instruction, at his demand that it was either me and my my older son could survive. Of course, the the police go and they they track down James Watson and they say, "What the hell? This is this is the story that we've been told." I hope they said that. What, what the hell? What the hell's going what on? The fuck, man. What, what, the, what the fuck? Absolutely. Yeah. He strenuously denies any involvement. He says he has met Selena twice. I've only ever met her twice. There has never been any promise of marriage. Never been any Ooh, ultimatum, okay. anything like that. I have no idea what she's what she is talking about. He would say Utter- that. But exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I made her do that. Selena is sent to trial. She has confessed to the murder of her child, so there is no way of escaping that. And she is sent to trial on the 27th of July, 1878. It takes the jury 45 minutes to reach a guilty verdict. Although the jury do recommend mercy. Good. On the account that she had previously, until this time, she had done absolutely everything to provide for the children. She had done, in, in her most desperate moments, the children had always come first. And she had provided for those children no matter what. So they say she's only come to this through the result of someone else. Yeah. Um, she, has yeah. made, she has made this choice. So right. they recommend mercy. Now, the judge has no choice but to issue the death penalty, as is, as yeah, is law. No, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no way But he does write to the Home Office. The judge actually yes. writes to the Home Office to request clemency. To request these are exceptional circumstances this has happened in. Is there any way we can we can do something <laughs> to yeah. mitigate this? The home home office come back and say nope, Shit. nope. She has confessed. All they have to do is go. She confessed. She yeah, confessed exactly. to being a child, she so confessed. she has to hang. She has to hang. Absolutely. She has to, we can't give any leniency. Yeah. To it. No. Ugh. Absolutely. So she indeed. So the execution is scheduled to continue. So she is going to be executed on the fifteenth of August, eighteen seventy-eight. While she's in the condemned cell waiting for her execution date, she receives a letter from James Westwood begging her forgiveness. Fuck off. Absolutely begging for her no. forgiveness no. about no, no, no. the testimony he gave at trial. <gasps> Selena doesn't respond to, to his letter. All she does is it said, because she is now guarded by matrons and things in the yeah. run up to the yeah. trial, is that he has got a lot to ask forgiveness for. Oh my god! That's all she says about the matter. So he's apologised for what he said in court. He he has he did, asked for he, forgiveness. He does, he doesn't explicitly apologise for what he says because that would be relatively incriminating. But she he oh. he asks for her forgiveness. Oh oh my god! And he asks, and now that could be interpreted in multiples of ways when it comes to oh this he sent me this letter asking for for forgiveness. It's not going to change anything. No, it's not going to change anything. Um, but still, please so, beg a fucking condemned yeah, woman so, for forgiveness for you clearly have some guilty conscience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, please. Yeah. <laughs> so all she says is he has got a lot to ask forgiveness for. And that's all. Oh, my God. All, oh, she, all she remarks. Dignity. S- Indeed. Absolutely. Now, Selena is the first private execution at Bodmin. Yeah. So the fashion now for grand spectacles has come to an end. Yeah. Back so in the everything day. is now much more, much more private. You don't get the crowds that one mm. used to do. She's also the first person at Bodmin to be measured for the new long drop method <gasps> of yes! execution. Marwood's Indeed, drop. absolutely. Yeah, William Marwood himself is the one responsible for her execution. Well, that is a small mercy. Well, indeed. It? So now the new long drop method designed to provide 
an instant death by mm. breaking the neck rather than the short drop, which had been traditional, which just left you there strangling for an hour or uh, 40 minutes or whatever. So thankfully there is some small mercy in that. Just before William Marwood pulled the lever, Selina spoke her last words. Okay. Lord, deliver me from this miserable world. Oh, God. I don't like this story, Nick. So I that don't was, like Batman Jail. So that was jolly. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> you, you got us in the feelings yeah. there, Nick. Went straight in there with them. I yeah, mean... Yeah, with something... Yeah. It's murder an, is not happy. It's, it's not. And it's not always fun. I know. And thank it's you for a, telling the story. It's not always silly. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God. So a desperate, desperate situation. It's like Sophie's Choice. If you've seen the film... <laughs> hmm. But... What would you do if you're in this dire situation? There's no excuse. There's no. There's no. He, everyone says, you know, there's no way that you could ever possibly make that choice. In completely different circumstances, this woman is faced with absolute destitution, and she's looked after and loved her children. It does make me think he's killed it. He's killed the ch- the Maybe. son. He's killed the son. And she's covered for him because he's like, if you cover for me, I'll get you off or I'll, I'll, I'll do something. Mm. Or, or has she just lost her mind from, from depression, from, from anything? And has just made this th- really I, terrible decision. I think she probably did it. But on the understanding that her other son would survive. Yeah. Would live a life, would not a privileged life, but would live, yeah, grow into adulthood. and Would... would- would, have far more of a life and than have she much could ever more opportunity give. than she would ever he would ever have that poor woman terrible terrible situation to be in but again he amends says he but he says he only met her twice he only met he, her twice and then sends her a letter begging for her forgiveness yeah. oh so yeah everything he says is, is the rage is the is, rage is utter bollocks while you are about to hang can you please forgive me can so forgive i me? feel better yeah. <laughs> well we, we started things jolly so I think jolly. Glad we had a stiff drink. Yeah, yeah, good. Mm. It's, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in. So chaps. yeah, so yeah, exactly. So so next we're going to look at the case of Sarah Paul Green. Okay. Sarah Paul Green. Now she is again is born into a poor farming family. God damn it. Uh, we're looking around 1780 at mm. this point. Again, a fairly miserable start okay, in right. in life for Sarah. Her father is killed in an accident very soon after her birth. What kind of accident? I don't know. Can we make it a fun accident? A, a circus accident. Right. <laughs> Can we? I mean, I know he no, was, no he death was, is fun. But he so. was run over by a herd of elephants that escaped from the local circus. <laughs> and some tumbling clowns afterwards. Yes. And she went, this is really traumatic, but also... Hmm. A ferris wheel escaped and just ran him oh, down. No, that's awful. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Unfortunately, yes. Father... <laughs> Passed away. Right. Mother okay. did not cope well yeah. <laughs> with raising a family on her on her own okay. and is forced to give up Sarah oh, when she is but four good. years old. And again, so Sarah is put in charge of the parish. She's put she becomes a ward of the parish. Right. Right. She is raised in the workhouse, really, mm-hmm. until she leaves at the age of ten. Now at ten, she can't she cannot read, she cannot write, but she decides she needs to get out of Cornwall. She needs to get out. There's not at much. At 10? At 10. She's 10 years old. You're grown up at 10. Okay. You're an adult. Do what you need to do. You're not. So 10 years old, off to make my fortune. She's off to, with yeah. my bindle. She decides. She knows she needs to go. She's off to make her fortune. Is she Oliver Twist? She goes to London. <laughs> there we go. She, she decided, no. I mean, that's a hell of a long way to go. I, how from, the fuck does she get from there? From Cornwall to London now takes you like five hours on the train. 
this is a this is a Imagine time of walking. Put it wa- into walking, <laughs> yeah, walking, maybe hitching a ride on a, a wagon or that something takes a like month. that. Exactly, it's going to take you weeks yeah. um, to get there. And but she does it. Ten. But she does it absolutely, and she gets to London. So she gets to London. Here, she's going to make her fortune. The, p- the streets are paved with gold. They don't are you paved know? with gold. It's paved with gold in London. <laughs> Yeah, it's very inconvenient. It's very slidey. <laughs> yes, indeed. In London, she finds herself a nice soldier. A oh. nice soldier husband mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. London. Okay. Yeah. How old is she now? So I, I don't know exactly, but I think she's sort of probably 14, 15. Right. It took her five years to get so to London. Well, I think she... No. But I think she probably had no, a, no, no, had, no, no. She didn't arrive I in London it did. and instantly get married. <laughs> <laughs> Walked through the gates, saw the first soldier that she, that she clapped eyes on, married him. <laughs> so. I mean, if you were ten and you'd walked from fucking Cornwall, you'd be like, I don't care. I just, just, I am to be wed. <laughs> Presumably, she spent a bit of time in London right. on various whatever jobs. We're trying to find ways to make this not awful. Well, the soldier was horrible abusive oh christ come on the soldier was not not a nice nice man no he was not particularly pleasant but and it is soon clear that that neither i mean sarah's miserable but also the husband is miserable as well they realize they have made a stupid choice this is this is not working out for either of them no so they do actually decide to amicably separate amicably amicably in a sort of well, because you don't get divorces at this point. She can't. No, no, no. She can't sue for a divorce or anything like but that. But they both decided. And they both decided this is not working. Yeah. We're both fucking miserable. Yeah. Let's go our separate ways. I think she's got the edge on this one. <laughs> so they separate, and Sarah decides London was not all it was lived up to, all it was meant to be. Really. No. And she returns to Cornwall, <laughs> Make, again making another five-year journey. <laughs> She's an old the woman. Back to the Cornwall. She gets back. It's always a way, isn't it? It's always the way. You go to London, it's not what it yeah, thinks. It's, oh, it's, exactly. it's not that great. The price of beer. It's not what it seems. It's not what you imagine it to be. <laughs> she goes back to Cornwall. She was like, this is a fucking mistake. So this is a really bad. <laughs> Poor thing. All right, back to Cornwall. So Cornwall's she's, lovely, she's lovely. back in Cornwall. Right. And this time she meets a man called Henry Paul Green. Okay. Henry seems nice. Much better than Drunken Sailor Boy. Back up in London. Mm-hmm. Henry's nice. He's got a job. It's very exciting. Okay. He works. He earns some money. What's, what's his job? I don't know. Right. But he has one. <laughs> he ran a circus. <laughs> he, he ran the circus that had the <laughs> elephants that killed the father. That killed the father. <laughs> I've been waiting for you for many years. <laughs> Sorry. The couple are married. Everything's lovely. going to be lovely. It's going to be nice and delightful and jolly. They're going to have a big family, live in Cornwall, have a nice oh, farmhouse and lovely. They're gonna happily ever after. And- Exactly. No, 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 no. Henry's not so nice either. Oh, for fuck's sake. Henry's not so nice either. He is a an alcoholic, basically. And he's also a deeply jealous man who Sarah talks to the postman and he flies into a rage. Oh, Christ. Um, about her infidelity with the postman. The, the, the vicar pays a visit and he flies into a rage about the, the odd look that the vicar gave his wife. I'm not surprised vicars are randy back then. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trust a vicar. The mm. postman's just doing his job. So, yeah, so he is not a, a pleasant, <sighs> pleasant man. Mm. If the couple d- don't have any children as well, which is something, right, that, again, he, well, he, something that he puts down to, well, he's got a dud wife. 
Really, if, has if he? He's got a dead wife and not having any children. Or is it just because you're pissed? And it, well, exactly. No mention is made that the fact that he's pissed 90% of the time. No consideration that could possibly be him having an issue. And of course, yeah. now he's just got a broken wife who yeah. can't get pregnant, who can't provide him with a family. So he gets bitter and angry and twisted. Does, over... is it, does he actually know how to have sex? Is this well, why he's jealous I of haven't the asked <laughs> Is this it? He's just like, no, no, he's going to want to do the sex with you. I definitely know how to do it. Humping a table leg. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, in 20 years of a pretty grim, miserable life. Okay. Until the summer of 1820. Huh. Something happens in that summer. Oh. Something, something happens and Sarah snaps. Something that pushes her over the edge. Yeah, but likely. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's just been the continuous build-up of so many things over so many Mm. years, or a particular event spurred this on, we don't know. But she decides she needs to do something. She needs to act. On Saturday the 15th of July, she takes a trip to the apothecary (gasps) in Penzance. Marvellous. Oh, in Penzance. I bet it's fancy. The apothecary in Penzance. And purchases a quantity of arsenic. Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Yes! Oh, I was wondering if we'd get to some arsenic in this. Supposedly to deal with a rat infestation that they have ah. at the house. That's what she writes in the book. Rats. Guess she just she writes get... that in Rats. really... Can she write? Big. But just scratching or she, it out. That's what she tells the chap. And the chap writes rats. Just writes rats. So <laughs> yeah. any other follow-up information, just rats just walking out. There is not a single time where I don't hear the name Penzance and I don't think there's pirates. There's, def- there's, there's definitely... Pirates. She had to escape the pirates <laughs> and it was all very dramatic. But she, she got out with her with her arsenic. She gets home. She takes the arsenic and uh-huh. she mixes it in with some nice butter. Ooh. Everyone loves a bit of butter. I could have had butter as the ingredient. Couldn't have. Yeah. But then my ingredient links all the stories together. Oh, okay. Fine. This is just one story. This is one story. This is one story. Okay, but I like butter. Yes, who doesn't? Okay. <laughs> not, not, not with arsenic in, though. No, no, So no. she's mixed in mixed her arsenic with, with some butter and spreads the butter on green. her husband's bread. <laughs> <laughs> arsenic butter bread. So the way you said bread then. Bread. <laughs> you just bread, 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 bread. We don't have time for extra fucking fowls. Oh, we'll need more drink in a minute. I <laughs> say it again, but normally. <laughs> she spread the butter... On her husband's bread. He falls ill pretty much immediately. Ooh. Falls ill. Desperate. As we know, arsenic, stomach cramps, unpleasantness, mm. vomiting, rah, all horrible. She calls the barber, as one Why? does. It's, well, the barber is there. The barber, we need to bleed him. We need to get he the bad, has a razor. We need to get the bad humours out. Well, who else do you call to bleed someone? The fucking doctor. No, don't have any doctors around the here. The wise woman. Call the barber. He'll do like minor surgeries. I guess. Fine. I guess he would. Yeah, just need to make a a few little cuts, (laughs) get the bad blood out. Yes. Then he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Purge of the humans. <laughs> the barber turns up. Not the barber turns up. The hell is going on. Gets a shave at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> to shave at the face. <laughs> Henry Fears seems a little better. Okay. He seems a little better. A little bit better. Yeah. But dutifully, Sarah is there. Always at his side, always at his bedside, with a seeming endless supply of bread and butter. <laughs> Got to keep up his strength. Got to yeah, keep up his strength. Soak up all the badness. Exactly. Yeah. So nice supply of bread and butter. Henry died right. on the 10th of August, okay. around three weeks after Sarah had first fed her husband. 
an arsenic sandwich. <laughs> Clever girl, though. Yes, no, little and often. Little and often, little, little and often. And so often. Spread it out a bit, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's only the barber there who doesn't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Fortunately, it's not quite as clever as she thought it was going to be. Oh, shit. Because pretty much straight away, people are suspicious. Really? About, well... Oh, cholera? Oh, actually... Well, we're not talking London here. No. We're not talking in the slums of London. We're talking rural, sort of... Very good point. Yeah, sort of... There's fresh air, there's fresh water, yeah. all this. This is so, yeah, cholera is not really a thing. No. That's a very good Normally you could. You could just blame it on yeah, cholera. Yeah, absolutely. But no, not mm. really around here. This is all very rural and mm. your, your water's from the well and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah. Lyme disease, fine. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, it seems a bit dodgy. And there's obviously there's no history of illness or anything like that. For No one else in the area has come down with this affliction. At all, so people mm-hmm. go. Oh, something. It doesn't help <laughs> right. that it is well known yeah. that this is a not a, a happy marriage. Okay, this is this is not a happy marriage. Um, Henry is not a very nice man. People mm. know this. Um, well, but come on, let her get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> the first busybodies out there pointing the finger at her. Oh yeah, I mean, unfortunately, over the years, Sarah has not been shy in coming forward about saying how much she hated her husband well fair play um, yeah well indeed indeed but people well, remembered that people remembered to be godly and everything people yeah. remembered that well she always hated him she's always hated him now he's died in sort of like it's a bit weird that he's dropped dead of three yeah. he fell ill and then three weeks later he's dead he's like well, it's a bit weird so people are suspicious mm. and while people may well have had their sympathies towards sarah's plight mm. it's just not the done thing to murder your husband no, it's just no, not, it's not. Just not no, the done thing. No. An examination is carried out on Henry, and it is confirmed that he has been killed by ingesting arsenic. Sarah is arrested uh. straight away. During the trial, witnesses do come forward and say they have heard Sarah threaten to poison her husband in the past. Oh. People, but people think at the time it's just like it's just conversation. It's just, it's <laughs> just, just sort of like it's just, idle, it's just idle threats, <laughs> idle threats that people make when someone's pissed them off or whatever. Yeah, I'll That's poison all, you. I'll poison you to death horribly. I'll, uh, I'll choke you and stab out your eyes. Yeah. Or <laughs> some some reports also claim that Sarah has fallen in love with another man. <gasps> There's another man in the same a sailor named Yorkshire Jack, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that she had poisoned her husband so she could be with him. Yorkshire Jack does not exist. Some reports treat that as gospel is absolutely, that, absolutely true that is some gossip and, who's making something and up. that yorkshire jack she, that she actually requested that yorkshire jack escort her to the gallows oh and right, some other okay. some other reports mention nothing of him at all yeah yeah so um, who knows Bit gossiping whether there. yorkshire jack actually ever existed that's someone who said she was seeing another man what was his name jack what was his surname he's from yorkshire he's from yorkshire <laughs> you wouldn't know him he lives in canada <laughs> but, i mean sarah on the stand does not deny killing her husband. Fair enough. She blames her situation on her lack of education, her difficult childhood. She describes her husband's jealous and controlling behaviour. Obviously, it doesn't help. No. It's not going to excuse what she's done or make any difference to her sentence. She is convicted of killing her husband and she is sentenced to hang. But not only that, the judge also decrees that her body will be sent to London for the anatomists. Ooh. For dissection. So this would ensure that she is never going to make it to heaven, because one oh, one needs course. one needs an entire entire, entire body 
to be accepted in the resurrection and all that sort of malarkey if your body's in cabinets and jars and things around the country mm. being stared at by students that ain't matter. happening that ain't happening so Ooh. she is eternally damned I mean it's a bit poison the cruelest of crimes yes indeed yes women doling that out oh how underhand and awful awful because people are terrified by it awful 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 she is executed at bottom in jail <laughs> on Saturday the 12th of August 1820 which only two days after her husband's death Jesus so that's a speedy turnaround that, they must have been lying in wait so like, what was she saying he's dead in... she says some dodgy stuff into court She's guilty. Death. 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 Death to all. She must have been shouting about that a lot. I mean, like, awful circumstances and terrible lot in life. That's very sad. But also, she's probably skipping through the streets going, he's dead, he's dead. I killed him, yes, he's dead. She didn't deny it. On the no. on the stand and when questioned, she doesn't deny it. Well, okay, fair, she, she tries well, to give reasons as to why she did it. Yeah, but yeah, that doesn't doesn't help. But she doesn't she doesn't go. No, it wasn't me. I have no idea. Um, give it a minute, love. But, I mean, yeah, you know, like she should you know shouldn't be hanged, but she should be mm. punished for her crime if she's killed someone. But also, you know, give it a minute. You might have had a few weeks, love, <laughs> of, of peacefulness. Okay. That's the show. Before we start our last story, should we have a quick break? Oh, let's have a beverage. Let's have a beverage. Cool. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Nick, we have our drinks. We do. We've replenished. Hurrah! It's been a it's been a a, a, a traumatic ride. It's been an emotional journey. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Let's say it. We have one more tale, Ooh. tale of skullduggery for you. Okay. And we're going to take a look at the Lightfoot brothers. Oh, the Lightfoot brothers. And William and James. Now, William and James, they are born bottom in surrounding areas to John and Elizabeth Lightfoot. Just around Bodmin. Around Bodmin. The, Bro- the Bodmin surrounding not, not in, not in, not in the town, but out in the sticks. Somewhere. Around Bodmin. Around Bodmin. That's what I said. You said Bodmin surrounding areas. But they sur- the areas that surround Bodmin. <laughs> okay, fine. Just don't be a cartographer. That's all I ask. 
All right. <laughs> They're out there. They're out there. They're not in fucking Bodmin. In the areas surrounding Bodmin. <laughs> not in Bodmin. No. <laughs> not in other places. Nope, nope. But just on the edge. Surrounding bits. Ooh, just there. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah. William was born in 1804 and James follows in 1817. As the brothers got older, both started work as general labourers, really uh-huh. working in fields, working in the forests, whatever they need to do. Long hours, long hours, hard work, whatever odd jobs they can find. Mm-hmm. It is while they're working in Pencarrow Woods that they get chatting to one of the other laborers there now this chap suggests that there's actually a much 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 easier way to earn a living than through backbreaking physical labor yeah, easy. yeah. if only you've you've got to have the guts to do it you've got to have the guts to follow through but you can make a fortune Ooh. he goes on to detail how he believes the men could enrich themselves okay by stalking the moor by robbing unsuspecting travellers across the moor. It's never prostitution, though, is it? No, <laughs> not not for the brothers. M- money down if the If they docks. were sisters, maybe. Hey, oh, d- there is a trade for gentlemen, I will have I'm you know. Sure. <laughs> no, in Bodmin, such things would happen in Bodmin. <laughs> They're crying out for it, sir. If you're willing to follow through, sir. Perhaps there, got... just, there are too many of them in Bodmin already. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Just... Overrun. The competition is overwhelming. So just, you're better off robbing people, honestly. Right. I love the idea of them stalking the moors. Like, just like, oh, like creepy steps, creepy stuff. Creepy, creepy, creepy. <laughs> now, the, the brothers have grown up on the moor, so they know it out of the back of their hand. Yeah. Really, they know all the little paths and passages and ways through. And you would uh, need to know because it is a huge, place. huge, 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 scary area. place. Scary. Huge, scary place. Scary place. Uh, absolutely. Now, I mean, travelers, they are going to stick to the predetermined tracks that there are. You do not dare go off piece into the the wild landscape you're going to get completely lost you're going to get dragged down into a bog somewhere <laughs> or end up falling off a cliff like a sheer rock face or something and you, you're not going to end well no. if you if you try and make your own way across this yeah, the really beast is bleak out there. and the, the beast is out there the, the beast, beast of bondmen is, yeah. is stalking so yeah, everyone sticks to the main tracks. So if you do know your way around, mm. if you know the little shortcuts and little passages, ooh, you can get around. Absolutely. Really yeah. speedily and no ooh. one is going to know. Yeah. So the more the brothers think about this, they go... We've got no, the edge here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We've got the edge. This is actually this, this could work. Mm. Anyone on these sort of really quite lonely, isolated roads are easy pickings, especially at night. Yeah. Especially at night, if they're travelling in the dark, they can they think, well, we can we can ambush our target, we mm. can take whatever we want, and then disappear, disappear onto the moor. Yeah, no one is going to try and give chase. Yeah, because if they do, they're screwed. They're never <laughs> going to find their way back to the road again, and they'll probably end up dying out on the moor yeah, somewhere of exposure, yeah. Uh, of exposure. Yeah, falling off something into a into a hole. Beast um, is going to get them. You stray off. In the dark, what ten feet, fifteen feet? You, you're lost. Yeah, you're lost. You you don't know where These you are. You've no light. There's no yeah, exactly. There's no road lights illuminating no. the tracks and all this sort if of stuff. If you don't have a match and a candle or anything, you, you are absolutely yeah. screwed. Absolutely, and it's absolutely a long screwed. journey across those moors. Yeah, exactly. And there's cows. And there's there's cows and sheep and beasts. Yeah, and all sorts of unpleasantness <laughs> going on out <laughs> there. So they thought, fine, let's do it, and it works. Under the cover of darkness, they strike. They will go for any lone traveller mm. walking 
or riding along these roads, fill their pockets with whatever loot they can, and then just disappear yeah. onto the moor, never to be seen again. And they do it quite, quite, quite well for many months. Obviously, these crimes are reported. Mm. Once they, the traveller gets to the, the end, they gets to the <laughs> next town or village, yeah, it's reported, the, I've been robbed, this has been taken, that's been taken. What do they look like? Dark. <laughs> <laughs> they, had a, they had a mask. Where do they go? On the moor. <laughs> Away. Yes. Like, not a lot to go on, is it? <laughs> Someone's just going, it was very sexy. <laughs> I couldn't really see him, but he had an air about him. Yeah. He disappeared like the mist. <laughs> like, imagine the police at the time kind of going like, where was this crime committed? On the moors. Instantly no help. Instantly yeah. no. no where, no, whereabouts no. on the moor? Near the rock. Near the, Yes, there was a big rock. <laughs> there was a particular boggy bit of bog. <laughs> <laughs> the Grimpen Mire. You must know it well. That's in Dartmoor. Shut up. <laughs> in February 1840, Cornish merchant, a chap called Neville Norway, is in Bodmin on business. At some point, now whether in a store or an inn or such like, William Lightford spots Neville. Or more precisely, he spots Neville's purse and mm. seems to notice that it con- contains a great deal of gold and silver coins. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of jangling about. So it's like, <laughs> Ooh, that's that's someone with some cash going on there. Big old money purse there, full of shiny, shiny coins. Now, William loiters around for a bit, and he's able to discover that, well, Neville is actually, he's shortly to leave Bodmin for his home in Wadebridge, which is about nine miles away across the moor. Now, William goes to find his brother, goes to find James, and tells him what he, what he's learned. There's this chap traveling by himself it's the middle of the night he's got a huge bag of cash on him it's easy money it's absolutely easy money I saw his purse it was huge also he has a lot of cash also on he's him. got a lot of cash <laughs> it is too good an opportunity to miss really so the brothers they know exactly which path neville is going to be taking yeah. um to get to weybridge they they leg it they to get ahead of him and to, and to Shortcut set the, their uh, trap the Ooh, really around 10 o'clock that okay. evening Neville leaves Bodmin. Mm-hmm. Now, he's made this journey numerous times before, so it's not unknown to him. He knows exactly where he's going. He's obviously quite comfortable at travelling at night through the moor. This time, he's in the company of a chap called Abraham Hambly. They both leave Bodmin together. As they ride, they meet another chap, Ralph Tinney, who is heading in the same sort of direction. So the three of them are going along this path. Excellent names all the way through. Yeah. This <laughs> like Neville Norway, who was doing business in Bodmin. <laughs> <laughs> at some point along the route, the men part company. They go their own ways, leaving Neville Norway riding alone across the moor. <laughs> Where are the other two going? Well, they're going to different. They're going to there's, different there's places. Like the, the tiny, tiny path. There's a little, little yeah, exactly, has. little crossroads or something like that, and they're all going to their own homes in <laughs> different, just wandering different into villages. Moors, like, well, so, goodbye. <laughs> I don't think they know where they're going. Well, you know, <laughs> so. they're never heard from again. <laughs> Now, not long after Neville and his companions had left Bodmin, we're probably about an hour or so later, another two men, John Hicks and Christopher Bowen, they also leave Bodmin heading towards Weybridge, so travelling on the same sort of path. Now, as this pair, they ride along, they see a horse just trotting back up the road towards them, a riderless Mm. horse, grey horse, it's saddled and it's bridled. So obviously oh, okay. it belongs Someone, to someone. It's not just a wild fallen. pony yeah. from the moor. 
So they, they grab the horse's rein and take it, go back up the track. As you say, thinking someone has been thrown from, yeah. from the saddle or is, needs help. We should take the horse. We should go and find out what, what's going on. Absolutely. As they go along towards Waybridge, they don't find anyone obvious on the on the track or anything like that. They get into Waybridge and they meet another chap who's just milling around the place. And they tell him that they well, we found this horse. It must belong to someone. And this chap recognizes it. No, this horse belongs to Neville Norway. Now, John Hicks, one of the guys, he knows where Neville lives in Weybridge. So he goes straight to his house and he finds one of Neville's wagoners, a chap called Thomas Gregory, who's working in the stables at the time. Now, he absolutely recognizes, yeah, this is Neville's horse. He left this morning to Bobman on this horse. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> so he should, he should be with this horse. Yeah. As they look sort of over this animal, perhaps they see if they can find anything. Is there a note or whatever? Mm. They are alarmed to discover what look like fresh blood stains on the saddle <gasps> of the horse. Ooh. Now they're seriously worried that something has happened. Mm. So they alert the household staff. Neville's got numerous people working for him. Mm. And they're all called out to form a search party. A group of men set out onto the moor in search of the missing Neville. Now, in the meantime, say, chap John Hicks, he sets off to find the local physician. Now, he's going to alert the doctor, Dr. Trehane Simmons Tickle. <laughs> There's so much I have to ask about that. Also, what the fuck happened with his first name there? Trehane. Trehane? Trehane is how Simmons. you said it. Trehane. Trehane. Simmons He's an uh, elegant man from the south. Simmons Tickle. Mm-hmm. Doc, it's, it's a Mr. Tickle. Mr. Dr. Tickle, I have you, Do- thank you. Dr. Tickle. Tickle, thank you. <laughs> it's exactly what he'd say to people. Like, Mr. Tickle, no, Dr. Tickle, I'm allowed to do this, clear you. <laughs> so he alerts Dr. Tickle. Dr. Tickle, right. Who is now on standby, waiting for an injured I Neville to return with his, his fingers. And, ah. <laughs> I'm sure he was a credible physician who Absolutely. had fought prejudice all his life about his name. Anyway, he's on standby. He's on standby. We need to leave him behind because otherwise we'll never get on with this story. Yep, John then leaves him, heads back onto the moor to assist in the search. Just before midnight, Neville Norway's body is discovered. Lying on his back in a small stream just off the road, about two miles outside Wadebridge. So he has made it seven miles, so close to home. Now, Neville's body is gathered up and returned to Weybridge for examination. It's, it's sent to his, his house. There, it's, his clothes are removed and his body is checked for evidence. They quickly realise that he's been stripped of anything of value. Oh, yeah. His purse, his jewellery, all that has, has gone. Dr Tickle arrives to carry out his medical examination and he quickly identifies a cause of death as several severe fractures on the left side of Neville's skull that have been caused by a heavy blood object. This is not a man who has been thrown from his horse and landed on the ground and injured himself. This has been a deliberate, violent attack. Yeah. I mean, it's the doctor's belief that any one of the blows would have been fatal, but there have been several Just administered. Several savage attacks. Uh, but yeah, yeah. E- any one of them would have been sufficient to cause death. Why have they... Well, yeah, well, yeah. What, why kill him? You know? no, no, no. Well, for, for stuff. Yeah. All, all his, his purse of fancy shiny coins is gone. His jewellery no, is I gone. I suppose and... I'm just wondering if there's been deaths beforehand. But uh... I mean, he's dead. He's, so. he, well, he's, well, let's see. He yeah. is definitely dead. I mean, the doctor also notes sort of several cuts and bruises to Neville's face and his hands. 
which he thinks, well, they could have potentially have been sort of defensive wounds, yeah. or they could well have been caused when his body was obviously dragged from the, the road mm. across stony ground into the river. But yeah, there are other lots yeah. of other injuries to his to the to his person. Now, the, while the doctor is doing his thing in the house, a group of men who found Neville and now Neville's brother William Norway, they return to the murder scene. So we're now looking at that two in the morning. Yeah, it's um, dark. Now. So it's, it's pitch black. Obviously, they've all got their lanterns and mm. such like that. But they're desperate to try and identify anything, to yeah, try and find any enough. clues, yeah, and anything that know, they can like help. open to the elements, you know, you could lose. Yeah, you know, some and evidence. these are his friends. Yeah, these are, this yeah, is his brother and his friends yeah. who want to know what the fuck's happened to Neville. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're out there with their lanterns. They get to the they get to the scene. They discover his hat not far away. They also discover on the the riverbank what look like two sets of footprints scrabbling up the bank mm. and then disappearing into the into the moor. So it leads them to conclude okay, there were two people involved in this this altercation. Mm. They also find the hammer from a pistol. Oh, so okay. the hammer the hammer from yeah. a gun. And now they know Neville's not been shot at all, so. The, if the attackers had been armed, obviously something's gone very awry yeah. for the hammer to fall off so their gun. The gun is disintegrated Dang, in the hands or something. Well, but something's gone very wrong, but it's obviously freshly dropped. It's over 3,000 people attend Neville's funeral. Aww. The great and the good from across the county turn up to pay their respects. He's obviously a very mm. well-respected, very well-liked man. Mm. He leaves behind a wife and six children. So yeah, a lot, thousands of people turn up to pay their respects, and the pressure is on the local police to mm. find what the hell has happened to Neville. The day after the funeral, the newspapers announce a two hundred pound reward mm. that has been put up by local government. The advertisement also states that a pardon will be granted to any accomplice not being the actual perpetrator. Oh, okay. So if you were oh, in, like if, if you were in the gang, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you were there and you witnessed it, yeah, come forward. No question, Jack. Tell us who struck the blow, and you will be pardoned. Mm, I like it. Which is yeah, cunning, cunning indeed. Now, because he was a high-profile man, it is it ensures that the case is never far from the papers, and it is always at the front of people's minds. One chap, the the local reverend, uh, Reverend William Molesworth, he <laughs> is absolutely horrified that one of his flock could be responsible no. for such a for such a vicious act, and himself decides to turn detective. The reverend uses his own bloodhounds and goes to the, goes to the scene of the crime to try and pick up a scent ac- across the moor. And his bloodhounds, yeah, they they pick up something, and mm-hmm. they lead they lead him on. But unfortunately, there is another river, and they lose, they, <laughs> they lose the they lose the trace. I and, bet you and the, the bloodhounds did nothing. Goes goes cold, and he blamed uh, it on the river. He blamed that on the river. <laughs> Come on, boys, let's go. Right, you've led me to some bones. Okay. <laughs> it is remembered as the first time the bloodhounds have been used Ooh. in a criminal manhunt. In England, not well. Not no, not successfully. Not well, but but they, they were there. They were there. They tried it. Um, <laughs> they seemed enthusiastic. They were enthusiastic. They went for it. Okay, also. that would be interesting to look up. Actually, how many bloodhound investigations have yeah. actually led to, to, to successful convictions or, or finding the criminal? I guess. But, but yeah, oh, okay. no. So this this was the first apparently. I like oh, it. that's good. I like mm-hmm. that. Around a week or so after the murder. It's now, I say, it's still every day in the papers. Who killed? Who killed Neville? Who killed Neville? Got no other news reports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reward, reward, reward. Um, <laughs> shoemaker, John Harris, he goes to the magistrate. Something's been niggling in the back of his mind. Something he just can't shake. 
It's probably nothing, but fine, I'll come, I'm going to tell you anyway, see what's, we'll see what's happening. On the night of Neville's murder, he had seen William and James Lightfoot on the road. Mm. They had been on the road, but they hadn't been heading anywhere. They hadn't been like, travelling in one direction. They'd just been hanging around. They'd just been loitering, sort of like in the shrubbery. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. You're obviously not going to anywhere or from anywhere. Yeah. You're just bleh. Yeah. So he goes to the authorities and he tells them what he's seen. Now, the constable who had been drafted in to investigate this thought it odd that John should mention James Lightfoot. Mm. Because he's also received a report from a chap called Richard Ayres, a butcher, who lived next door to James Lightfoot, mm. who who had said, well, on the night of the murder, James got home very late. Oh. Very late that night, and then had a screaming row with his wife, mm. which woke them all up, which is why he remembered it. It was a, mm. yeah, screaming, screaming. The wife was crying. He was yelling. Now, at the time, the constable thought, well, it's just a married couple fighting <laughs> yeah, of an that, evening. That's not weird. That's, that's, that's yes, none, none of my like, business. Really, it might be. Yeah, but now he knows that James has been out late in the night looking dodgy on the road just right. hours before the death. He goes, oh, no, that's weird. The police search James's cottage and hidden in a ceiling beam, they find a pistol. A pistol with a missing hammer. Missing hammer. hammer. <laughs> Why would you keep mm, it, you fool? Yeah, not the brightest of moves. Yeah, better keep this. Yeah, throughout the search, James, he looks, just looks nervous. He just looks <laughs> shifty and uncomfortable and... Yeah. He goes. You know Dr. Tickle's coming for him. <laughs> he goes straight in with that. I have no idea how that got there. No idea. I've no, never, no, seen, never no, seen it before. Never seen it before. No yeah, idea how okay, that got there. Bollocks, mate. Yeah. He is taken into custody on the 14th of February. Mm. Three, oh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Three days later, his brother William is also arrested. Nice. Now, under questioning, confessions pour out of them both. <laughs> and each accuses, accuses the other of landing the fatal the fatal blow. Brother against brother. Yeah. Saying, both say, it had never been their intention to kill Neville Norway, but he fought back. He refused to hand over his valuables. Like a, yeah. He decided to resist them. They had no option. They, they, they had. They did. They had they, no, they, no, they, they yeah, didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. No. They, had, they had no option but to, to kill him. James goes on to detail the great many other robberies that they had committed when no one had died. <laughs> so, see, see, we didn't kill anyone then. Exactly. He should be taken into consideration. <laughs> so, we never mean to kill anyone. We never killed anyone before. We've robbed all these other people. We didn't kill any of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, shit. <laughs> so, so, that's what I was asking uh, earlier on. was like, they haven't killed anyone else. No. Like, don't, don't use that as your character no. reference. No, they robbed loads of people. We didn't kill any of them <laughs> this is just a one-off it was a mistake won't right. do it again honest governor um that's no, not how it works yeah not how it works on the 30th of march 1840 the lightfoot brothers are tried at bodmin jail they are charged with the willful murder of neville norway now the courthouse is packed with spectators wanting to catch a glimpse of these of these brothers who have done this vicious vicious thing they want to hear all the gruesome details mm. we want to know exactly what's going on there Neither men deny the murder. No one says, no, not me, Gov. But they insist that the other was responsible. Yeah. James testified that he had threatened Neville with the pistol. He had threatened like a stand and deliver sort of situation. Yeah. And he tried to fire a warning shot. Yeah. But when the gun had failed to, to fire and had disintegrated in his hands, <laughs> leaving a hammer on the floor, he had actually gone over and started beating Neville with the, the butt of the yeah. pistol. 
causing some of the injuries to his face. But Neville was still, no, I'm not yeah, giving you my stuff. Yeah. Not giving you my stuff. Yeah. It had been William then who were growing impatient at Neville's defiance, who had come in, swung the club, and delivered the fatal blow. William, on the other hand, claimed almost exactly in the same in reverse. According to some newspaper reports, William certainly seemed the more remorseful of the the two men on the dock. He tried to, to, not to give excuses, but to reason why he had ended up in such situation they had been led astray by bad company they had been tempted by others to take the easier way out it was someone else's responsibility that i have ended up in this situation the jury took less than five minutes (laughs) to return a guilty verdict out sandwich back in (laughs) (laughs) quick sandwich (laughs) so quick sandwich the judge sentences them both to be hanged at bodmin jail after sentencing, both brothers are put in the same cell. They're perhaps they think that well, they're gonna they're gonna reconcile. Or they're gonna each other to They're death. gonna leave this world as brothers. No, indeed, they no, try and beat the crap yeah, out of each exactly. other. Yeah. They start arguing, fighting, me. blaming each other for I'm their surprised. predicament, and they have to be separated. On the thirteenth of April, eighteen forty, twenty-one thousand people Whoa. gather <laughs> around Bodmin Jail to witness the execution of the Lightfoot brothers, yeah. who die side by side on the scaffold da, da, da. so that is that is the end of our sort of trilogy of crimes from Bodmin Inspired, there were many many other people who were executed at Bodmin jail and who did terrible horrible horrible things <laughs> hey. and maybe we shall come back to them at some point maybe we shall maybe we shall it's an endless resource indeed but three is enough to be going on with a trilogy of terror love indeed. it the tales of Bodmin jail love it Nick Fantastic. Oh, we covered everything. We covered highway robbery and murder. We covered arsenic. We had oh, a bit of poison. arsenic in there. And we had some traumatic child deaths. Really, yes. really sad things. Yes, really <laughs> sad things. I mean, Bobbin Jail is a great place and is famously the most haunted venue in England. Now, it cl- tries to lay claim many, to many it. Many, many places lay claim to of that. Of course it does. We say this about every single place, but Bobbin Jail is, is reportedly one of the most haunted places Indeed. Yes. in England. That's why there's ghost hunts there. Dear Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories has been there. She will go back. She has stories to cover about Bobbin Jail, about the supernatural element of it. There's a big bit of the supernatural history of Bobbin Jail all around the Beast as well. The Beast of Bodmin Moor that stalks and also apparently attacked prisoners when they were trying to escape. <laughs> there are ghosts that stalk all of the corridors and hallways. So very oh, indeed, appropriate. Yeah. Well, I mean, indeed, the Life of Brothers are meant to haunt haunt the jail. Yeah, they are chasing um, people. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And but... the cries again of Selena Wedge, again, her cries are heard. But yes, a haunted venue, so perfect for spooky season, but lots of delicious, delicious crime at a Fabulous jail. There's a lot of history as well about the uh, the establishment of jails where you go like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm. So Georgian versus Victorian. It's really interesting, it's actually. Interesting. It is really interesting. You have to go through this whole time period where you can go into a cell and like, yeah, there would have been like six million people in here. There would have been a lot of people yeah. in there. And then it's suddenly like, oh, one. Like, Bobbin Jail was one of the first places that had, Absolutely. like, single, single cell occupancy. Can you imagine the luxury? If you'd ever been in jail before... You don't get that now. <laughs> no, no, you don't get that now. The luxury of having a bucket in the corner. Lovely. Those are the tales of Bodmin Jail. What do you think, people? Do you know more stories from Bodmin Jail, from this wonderful part of the UK? Or do you know more stories of other jails, hauntings or terrible, terrible crimes that we could cover, or more haunted venues as we edge towards Halloween? We do 
love a haunted venue. Oh, yes. And that is now the phrase that we will use until the day we die. <laughs> Any other prisons that we should cover in the future? Tell us what you think. Jump on the comments of this episode. Share your thoughts, your theories, your feelings, your musings. But as you're musing about future stories, most importantly, you must mix up the Alcatraz. The Alcatraz. Now, the Alcatraz went down well. Yeah, well, yeah. We finished it. We finished it, absolutely. It was... It was. I'm still going to stick with beguiling. I'm yeah, so, I was. You, I was foxed you, by it. You go for it. It was a misty mistress. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Interesting one. Am I going to rush out and make it again? Yeah. I wouldn't object if it was served to me at a bar. No, well, indeed not. I'm thinking like a smoky kind of cigar bar or kind of like a speakeasy sort of that yeah. sort of vibe. Go with that. It's interesting. If <laughs> the ingredients will be out. Indeed, they shall. And they're bizarre. If you have them, mix them up and tell us what you think. Please share pictures of cocktails you are enjoying wherever you are in the world and send us more suggestions of things we can be doing or enjoying for spooky season because the time is upon us. If you haven't already, please join us on Patreon and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are... Trying to kill you. Bye.